time. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? The world's most dangerous morning show. DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Good morning, USA. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet is Friday. Toronto, what up? All right, we made it. Okay, end of the work week. How you feeling? You ready for the weekend? Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, okay. Then you're the one of y'all trying to excited payday. for Friday. And today's payday for some people. Today payday? What's today? Mm-hmm. Oh, today is payday. Okay. Yeah, that don't mean nothing. It's the one that go to all of the rent and the bills and, you know, the mortgages and uh, everything else. So just to thank God you have it to uh, uh, be taken from you. There you go. Basically. All right. Well, Steve Stout will be joining us this morning. We'll kick it with Steve Stout in a little bit. Okay, Steve Stout yes, always indeed. has a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I have think we spoken Angela to him Rye. since he started since he started working with the Knicks? Have we spoken to him? No. Okay. I don't Mm-mm. think so. I don't think so. No. 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 And Angela Rye will be joining us this morning. That's right. You know, uh, John Lewis's funeral was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela Rye used to actually work for John Lewis, and she's got a, a special edition of her podcast on one that I think she's putting out this weekend. That's a tribute to John Lewis, so we can talk about that amongst other things. You know, we're 90, what, 95 days until the election? Mm-hmm. 95, like 95, 96, roughly around that time. Don't, don't quote me on that, but uh, we're close, so we got things to discuss. That's right. All right, well, let's get it cracking. Mm-hmm. Front page news, what we talking about? Well, let's talk about John Lewis and his funeral yesterday. Uh, President Barack Obama actually gave the eulogy, and we have part of that for you. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, yesterday was John Lewis's funeral service in Atlanta, Georgia. And, well, and um, it was a complete week of memorial services that happened to remember him, former President Barack Obama delivered a eulogy celebrating John Lewis's life. Here is what he said to honor him. You want to honor John? Let's honor him by revitalizing the law that he was willing to die for. And by the way, naming it the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that is a fine tribute. But John wouldn't want us to stop there. Once we pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, We should keep marching to make it even better by making sure every American is automatically registered to vote, including former inmates who've earned their second chance, by adding polling places and expanding early voting and making Election Day a national holiday. Yes, in addition, here is more of what Barack Obama had to say about John Lewis. 
by guaranteeing that every American citizen has equal representation in our government, including the American citizens who live in Washington, D.C. and in Puerto Rico, by ending some of the partisan gerrymandering so that all voters have the power to choose their politicians, not the other way around. And if all this takes eliminating the filibuster, another Jim Crow relic, in order to secure the God-given rights of every American, then that's what we should do. All right. In addition to that, he did get a standing ovation. uh, And here's what he said. And a lot of people were excited that he said this because this is against Donald Trump. But today we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. But even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. You know, President Obama is uh, absolutely right, but I really do wish he would name names. Like, he's too vague. Like, when you say, you know, somebody's the new George Wallace, the new Bull Connor, you got you to gotta say their names. Who are these people? Like, he's got to call people out directly. That's one of the things that the right does very well. They aim at a target and name that target and vilify that target, make that target radioactive. If this is the most dangerous election ever, then we can't throw subliminals. You know, who exactly in the federal government? Who is the power, the power that's, the powers that be that are doing this? You got to name names. Well, yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted out, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. Yep, so everybody... And later that afternoon, he tweeted out, we are going to win the 2020 election big. Hashtag MAGA. There's nothing that could be more fraudulent than the 2016 election. You know, we still don't know how Donald Trump exactly got into the White House. Okay, a lot of people say he's an illegitimate president. And also, Joe Biden told us a few weeks ago that Donald Trump was going to um, try to get the election pushed back. And a lot of people on the right said he was tripping and he was bucking and he was crazy. But that's who Trump is. I don't think Trump's going to lead the White House. I said that about a year ago. So you think I, he's I gonna think stay. Even if he, Come get him. If he, loses, if he loses in November, you're going to have to go get him. You that know sound I, mean? like I don't think he's leaving the White House. Those that same agents like that are out there uh, uh, rounding people up in Portland, they're going to be out there protecting Donald Trump come January 20th or whatever day it is that he's going to have to exit if he loses. All right, and yesterday, every NBA player who restarted the NBA season nailed during the national anthem wearing Black Lives Matter shirts just as a FYI to you. So I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but the Utah Jazz beat the New Orleans Pelicans 106-104, to and the Lakers beat the Clippers 103-101. All right. Yeah, I saw some of the Lakers game. I'm going to be honest with you. The Lakers-Clippers game was dope. Uh, it looks like a video game. I like it. I like the camera angles. I like everything. Mm-hmm. They got the fake, they got the, the, the fake crowd on the wall. Mm-hmm. They got the, the, the noises. Like, it feels like you're playing um, 2K or something. It does. It really feels like something. It, it still I feels it. odd, but I get it, yeah. Not All to right. me. I was watching last night. I was like, wow, inside the NBA was popping. Like, I was like, okay, or maybe we haven't had it for so long that I'm just happy to have something. But it, it looked good to me. All right.
Well, that's front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. It's me, Leticia. Hi, DJ Envy. Hey, Is. What up, Shar? Hey. hey. Good morning. Hey, Queen. How are All you? Right. I'm fine. Thank you. Last time I called Charlemagne, you wasn't there, but I'm glad to hear your voice. So I had a question for you, Charlemagne. Um, yes, ma'am. Why are you always Why are you always yawning in the microphone like that? Like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Yo, Simple. Like, yeah, Simple. So, uh, Simple answer. Simple uh-huh. answer. Don't tell me because I'm six... tired because I wake up early in the morning. Don't tell me that. Uh, duh, it's six something in the morning. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. On, you're not still yawning. Wipe, you're not still yawning, wiping cold out your eye at six something in the morning. So you want him to mute the mic when he yawns? Don't nobody want to hear all that. That's just to me. That's like somebody <laughs> yawning right next to me in my ear. I'm like, damn, Char, what are you doing right now? You're like, oh yeah, because if you're, I'm not to really know. Well, you're going to hate to know that I pass gas, too, sometime. Not in my clothes, though. Oh, not yet. Yeah, yeah. you go to the bathroom and you pull your pants down, right? There All you right. go. Well, anyway, you know. thank you. Oh, one more thing, one more thing. Elijah yes. McClain, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor. Let's do That's it. That's right. There you go. Forever. Thank okay. you. I like that. Hello, who's I this? Yawn, I was just about to yawn before she said that, by the way. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hello, uh, this is Siobhan. Hey, get, Florida. get it off your chest, sir. Yes, um, I just wanted to say that um, I agreed with you guys uh, about President Obama doing a good job with the eulogy, but I disagreed with Charlemagne um, saying that he needed to name names because mm-hmm. um, it makes it sound like like you're saying that um, you know the people aren't smart enough to figure it out. The people that are that are listening to him and are smart enough to understand what he's saying between the lines, they're they're smart enough to know who he's talking about in the government too. Yeah, but what about the ones who aren't? What about the casual person who's just watching John Lewis's funeral and may want to vote in November but hasn't decided yet? See, that's why that's what Fox News is so good. I watched Fox News this week and they vilified Senator Kamala Harris. They vilified Karen Bass. Like, and you know, those are the those are a couple people that's on Biden's shortlist. They vilify the people on the left that they're afraid of, and that's what the that's what the left needs to do to the right. Why not? You're saying uh, basically, you know, get down to their level, get down and dirty. Instead you know, of, Michelle Obama you know, says when they go low, we go high. No, but this is an election, man. They called Senator Kamala Harris a fraud. But this is an election. You have to point out the threat and vilify it and say we need to get that person out of the White House, period. Like, why Why just cast a wide net and be vague at a time like this? No, for what? I, All right. Well, well, thank you for checking in, brother. Yeah, no, thank you, guys. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm dialing. I'm dialing. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm dialing. I'm calling call you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The <laughs> Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's good, Evie? Hey, what's up, Trav? Oh, my gosh, Trav, I miss you. Hey, Trav. I miss you, boo. What's up with you? I'm good. I'm good. That's good. What's going on, Charlemagne? What's up, sis? And uh, chilling, chilling. Hey, man, y'all know who I'm, like, really, really tired of? Who? Just not hilarious, yo. I'm, like, really, really sick of her ass, bro. Meg Thee Stallion really said 
stop playing with my name, stop laughing at stuff, it's not funny, protect black women. And you know what this black woman does the very next day? She makes a video making fun of Megan Stallion anyway, bro. Like, something's wrong with that lady. Like, something is truly wrong with her. She can only get likes and views off being negative and trying to be funny. Like, it really, it really, 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 really irritates me, bro. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. I didn't think that timing and that joke was funny, especially because Meg Thee Stallion's been saying, you know, this was not funny. I am traumatized. What irritates me is when Trav calls a pen and act like we ain't got the internet. Like, you putting us <laughs> on to something. Like, we didn't. Remember I called you um, last week and I told you about Tom Hanks and what he was doing. I just want to say three days ago, um, he said that he went overseas because he, him and his wife was quarantining. But three days ago, him and his wife are now citizens of Greece. Just saying. It's a little funny. If I was Tom right, Hanks, so I would sue the hell out of all of y'all. Okay? The internet is ruining Tom Hanks' reputation with absolutely no proof, no evidence, no nothing. Like, how? Like, why is that okay? And why do y'all believe that? I don't know. Now, that's a story people probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Hello, who's this? Uh, this is this Kevin. Um... I want to call. I'm real happy for this young brother, man. He called up a while back, and I've been following him ever since. He called up and sang a song for y'all, and I guess he dropped something last night called Heart, Heart and Soul. That's Heart and Soul by Treezy Two Times, T-R-E-E-Z-Y, two, two X. And, man, it's on all platforms. He's real talented, man. I'm a fan. I'm really a fan of him. Uh, I mean, he produces his own beats. He runs track. You know, he, I think he's number one in the country in hurdles, man, and I just hopefully he hear this because I know he called up one time. So hopefully he hear this. And yeah, make sure y'all go check him out, man. Please. I right, said number Thank one you, in hurdles. What's hurdles? The track, track, hurdles, track, track, track. hurdles. Track. Oh, that's and the name of the record, hurdles. No, 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 no. His song. You know how you jump over the hurdles and track? Yeah, his song. It's two different things. Song. He didn't put a period, Charlamagne. He just had a run on sentence. That's why you're confused. Oh, he's saying that he had a lot of hurdles, but he got the song out. No, 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 no. He no. said he runs track. He runs track. And he also is an artist. And he's also an artist. No, he said, yeah, no he's not. He song. said the track. You said, no, he said the, the track is called Hurdles. No, 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 no. His track is called Heart and Soul, but he does track too. Oh, got you. I just told you, he didn't put a period. He just, just, just kept going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So make sure I go okay. check him out. Heart and Soul by Treasy Two Times. Bro, he on all platforms. It's, it's on his IG, too, at jabari.brown with two N's. Man, please go check him out. This dude is talented, for real. All right, bro. Did I get the irony of it, though? He's on tracks and he jumps, runs hurdles. All right, that was a lot right there. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and with all the talk about Ellen DeGeneres and the problems that her staffers had and visitors on her show and what they had to say about it being a terrible work environment, Ellen DeGeneres is now addressing her staff, and we have that memo. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk loon. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, former bad boy artist Loon was released from prison. He served nine years. According to reports, he's going to lay low, take care of his mom now that he's home. He said, my mother recently had a heart attack and had to get surgery and get a loop recorder implantation. She's in her late 60s. I've already lost my grandfather since I've been incarcerated and do not wish to lose her before my release. She could use my assistance to help care for her. My grandmother is 90 and she is also ailing. So... 
There was a picture of him that's already surfaced on the internet, the first picture that everybody's seen since he has been released. Since he was in jail, he converted to Islam, changed his name to Amer Junaid Muhadith, and also reportedly gave up rap. Well, salute right. to that brother. Um, shout happy Lord. that he's home. Happy that he's home and free. Happy, you know, he, he did his time and he can, you know, continue to live the rest of his life as a free man. Salute to that brother alone. Yeah, shout out to Lou. All right, now let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres and the toxic workplace allegations. A lot of people have been discussing this. Staffers, former staffers, guests who have been on her show. It's just basically saying she's not a nice person. So she did send out a memo and... They also have reported that employee at a Warner Media's employee relations group and a third party firm would interview former and current staff members about the allegations. So in that memo, she said, hey, everybody, it's Ellen. On day one of our show, I told everyone in our first meeting that the Ellen DeGeneres show would be a place of happiness. No one would ever raise their voice and everyone would be treated with respect. Obviously, something changed. and I am disappointed to learn that this has not been the case. And for that, I am sorry. Anyone who knows me knows it's the opposite of what I believe and what I hoped for our show. She goes on to talk about the success that she's had with everyone's contributions and she also says, I'm glad the issues at our show were brought to my attention. I promise to do my part in continuing to push myself and everyone around me to learn and grow. It's important to me and to uh, everybody who makes, and she wants to make it so that people love working on the show again. Now, I'm confused. People are saying Ellen is not a good person, but the, the, the last article pointed out that it was the executive producers and the executive producer ed glavin actually departed yesterday he stepped down so w- w- which one is it is, is it ellen that's not a good person or the executive producer the executive producer stepped down yesterday i think it's been both there's people who have had interactions with her that they've spoken about where she was not very nice and then there's people who also say that it's the staffers that would tell you you're not allowed to talk to her you can't mm-hmm. look her in the eye you know she's not they would do things like if she was going to be a guest on somebody else's show, uh, you know, just whittling things down. So maybe they anticipated having a sit down with her. Then they're like, okay, she's actually not going to come have this sit down. When she comes to the studio, it would only be 10 minutes instead of the hour they were supposed to get. It's just all kinds of different allegations from both ends. Yeah, because the, yeah, the articles that came out the past couple of days don't say that at all. They actually say the executive producers engaged in rampant sexual misconduct and harassment. So that's a little bit more than somebody not looking you in the eye. Right. But, yeah, the executive producer stepped down yesterday. I just think there's been a lot of people that have discussed. There was a whole, it all started with this Twitter thread that someone put out that talked about his interaction with Ellen DeGeneres and how she was not very nice to him. And then a lot of people weighed in on their experiences with her as, as well. And then they started talking about the environment of the show in general. All right, now Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, is asking a judge for a special request. He wants to be present for the birth of their baby. So he also wants permission to travel with Nicki on business trips as her manager because she could be having the baby who knows when. So the problem is that he can't travel right now. He was supposed to register as a sex offender in the state of California as he was reportedly arrested for failing to do so when he moved there with Nicki. So... Now he has to get a, a special sign-off from the judge so that he can do that. I hope he gets that sign-off. It's nothing like being there for the birth of your child. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing like being there for the birth of your child. And that's Nikki's, you know, for, for first first time giving birth. He needs to be there for his queen. 
All right. And then, and we'll get into more of this in the next hour, but Nicki Minaj, that song, ASAP Ferg has a features. Nicki has finally come out. Nicki Minaj and Made in Tokyo are on the song. Hard. And just as Hard. a reminder, and the visual also, uh, move your hips. Listen to this. Move my hips, okay. Tell them to go to not to stay. Hey, baby, it's okay. I have been having one hell of a day. Yay. Feeling about all of my shades. Then I pull up in the cherry Mercedes. Yay. Strawberry shortcake here. Chinese bangs with my two braids. Hey. Straight from out of Queens. Headed to Harlem now. I got the pandemic going and it's growling now. We're already body playing Jane and we mobbing now. That, that's cause all these fake dudes try to rob my style. Yo. Really be slow. Tell him I'm Billy the Go. I'm getting that dope. My neck and my wrist really glow. My model draw up in both. Dropping the clues bounce for that goddamn move your hips record. Oh, that, yeah, that's it's tough. Clue yeah, played it for me a couple of weeks ago. It's definitely tough. That that record is hard. Everybody killed that. The production is A1. ASAP Ferg, A1. Nicki Minaj is A1. That's a tough tune right there. That's a tough record. And there's a phone number, too, in the video. And if you text that number, you'll get a response from ASAP Ferg himself saying that he got your message. And then he'll send you a link that will add you to his phone so he can respond to you personally. Now, that that record might be worth um, a little bit of COVID. You know what I'm saying? Go to a little day party or something. Don't even say that. Nope. Just to hear hear that ring off. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, 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 for everybody that's out there risking it, okay, taking those chances to get COVID at those day parties and in those clubs, that record is going to ring off for you in between coughs. All right. Well, we'll give you some more information, too, in the next hour about Nicki Minaj, and she's beefing with her hairstylist. And we'll tell you what she had to say on her end and what her hairdresser had to say, or maybe former hairdresser now. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. Now streaming, brought to you by Black is King. Now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Experience a new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King, Black is King, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes, we are going to be talking about uh, Donald Trump and his tweets. And, of course, we'll be talking about John Lewis and his funeral was yesterday. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, yesterday, John Lewis was remembered at a funeral service in Atlanta. And Barack Obama delivered the eulogy. One thing that John Lewis has, that has defined his legacy is voting rights, right? And here is what Barack Obama had to say. But today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. But even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. Name well, Donald Trump, <laughs> During Donald Trump's daily briefing, he addressed the upcoming election and said this. I don't want to delay. I want to have the election. But I also don't want to have to wait for three months and then find out that the ballots are all missing and the election doesn't mean anything. 
That's what's going to happen, Steve. That's common sense. And everyone knows it. Stupid people may not know it. If they do this, our country will be a laughing stock all over the world because everyone knows it doesn't work. So we're asking for a lot of trouble. Do I want to see a day change? No. But I don't want to see a crooked election. This election will be the most rigged election in history if that happens soon. The most rigged election in history was 2016. Okay, we had Russian interference and rampant voter suppression. 2020, who knows what tricks they have up their sleeve, but anybody who thinks it's going to be as simple as going to the polls and voting out Donald Trump has not been paying attention. Everything Trump was accused of in 2016, he's going to accuse the Democrats of this year. The difference is Trump has the power to challenge all election results, and he's got the head of the DOJ, William Barr, and members of the Supreme Court on his side. Not to mention the Constitution gives states nearly unlimited power to decide how electors are chosen, and Republicans control about 30 state legislators. So all I'm simply saying is he's not leaving without a fight. And don't be shocked if he wipes his ass with the Constitution and figures out a way to not leave it all. Don't I don't have, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a huge fight. He's not going to leave. Don't be surprised leader. if he wipes his ass. Okay. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had this to say because he has no plans on changing the election date. Well, never in the history of the country, uh, through wars, uh, depressions, and the Civil War, have we ever not had a federally scheduled election on time? And we'll find a way to do that again this November 3rd. Yeah, right. Listen, that's why Barack got to name names, okay? Who are those in power? Say their names. We don't have time to be vague. Mitch McConnell, that's the guy that's causing the process of the voting of, of voting not to be smooth. All right. He's already blocked two election security bills. You know why? Because he knows that they're probably gonna have help from a foreign country come 2020. All right. So you gotta name names. Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump. Like you know, you speak on those in power who are, you know, uh, threatening our democracy, you gotta say their names. That's it. Point them out. All right, well, let's talk about coronavirus for a second here. Dr. Anthony Fauci has responded to a claim from the head of Operation Warp Deep Speed. That's the federal government's multi-billion dollar effort to develop a vaccine against coronavirus. And it seems they're very optimistic right now that it's going to be happening soon. Dr. Fauci said we all hope it's going to be that way when they talk about the claim that there's a very optimistic estimate. There's a vaccine that could be 90% effective. He said, when we look at the data from phase one studies, it looks good because the vaccine vaccine induced neutralizing antibodies in the recipients. And that level was rather robust. So they said it looks good. So that's the first good indication that gets us to be optimistic. But it's only phase one. So let's remember that, too. They said it's very hard to predict. That's why they're going to be doing a trial right now. All right. My motto. Would you, do you all plan motto. to get a vaccine when uh, it's available? My motto. Not right away. My motto is, my motto is you first. Yeah, right. not, not right away. <laughs> go, not go right out away. And see how it is for me. Come back and yeah. tell Uncle Charlotte what's happening. Okay? And that's why I want to keep the kids at home. I, I ain't trying at first. I, you know, I, I'll see how it goes for a little bit, and then if it, if it works out pretty good, and people ain't got six toes <laughs> and six six fingers, then I try. I'll be over here with this. That's the least of our worries. Mm-hmm. I'll be over here with this sea moss and this vitamin. Uh, what's what's the vitamin? The vitamin you like, D. The, shut up. What's the vitamin? <laughs> <laughs> What's the vitamin that keeps your immune system healthy? I can't remember. Vitamin C, man. Morning. Vitamin C. There man. you go. There you go. I ain't have my mm-hmm. Jinko below this morning. My brain ain't working. <laughs> vitamin yeah, D vitamin helps C. too, though. Yeah, he knows. Man, shut up. <laughs> right. It does. And that's your front page news. When we vitamin come D back. For calcium. It's for, it's for your bones. Steve Stout will be joining us. Yep. Steve Stout will be joining us when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, Steve Stout. Hey. What hey. up, Steve? What's going on? Feeling blessed. Happy to be here. I hope we come out of this better than we went into it. Right. And the NBA's back. That's good for your business. You, you just did a deal with them. That's good. Yeah. Well, sports in general is good for my business. Uh, we work with the NBA, the NFL, the Knicks. You just want to get sports back. But by the way, the entire advertising business, especially television, is driven by sports. You know, live television ad spending is, you know, the most dominant spend in anything advertising as relates to television. So what's your relationship with the have, Knicks? I, what do you do for the Knicks? Virtual... Every with the Knicks, my number one job, help rebrand them. I think the Knicks is one of the greatest brands, sports brands in the world. You know, you think about the Yankees, the Cowboys, Manchester United, um, and the Knicks. Uh, that's how I feel about it. And um, obviously, we got to work to do on the court, the team, and all that stuff. But from a branding perspective, I think there's so much you can do. Merchandising, just making great advertising that gets people excited about this global brand. That's that's my job. So How do you turn that around with everything that's happened with Spike Lee and Charles Oakley and their comments about, you know, some of their players? It just seems like the Knicks don't care about the people. Like, like if you look at different organizations and different teams, it seems like they care. It just seems like the Knicks is like one of those teams is like, yeah, whatever. We're going to make money regardless. Nah, you know what? I, I think the owner is misunderstood. I think James Dolan is definitely misunderstood. He's certainly brash. The Charles Oakley thing was clearly a disaster. Uh, Charles is a very dear friend of mine, and that was terrible. The Spike Lee thing seems to be, you know, <laughs> a matter of, you know, a celebrity expecting certain privileges, and then when you don't get that privilege anymore, for whatever reason, you start throwing a fit. That doesn't seem real. Did you see Jordan Greer's comments in the sporting news when he said uh, New York is always thrown out as a potential landing spot for marquee free agents because of the appeal of the city, the garden, and the possibility of leading a basement dweller back to contender status, but none of that matters if Dolan refuses to change his ways? What were your thoughts on his comments? Yeah. He had something to say about you, too. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely seen that. And I think with having Leon in, uh, who's the new president of the Knicks, uh, Leon Rose, uh, West, Worldwide West and myself, the three of us, I think that we're the best sort of team as it relates to being able to speak to a free agent, um, our relationships with talent. They've never had this level of talent that can go out and pitch a free agent or convince a player why New York is great. Um, I understood the statement. I don't agree with it, <laughs> but, I, mm -hmm. but I understand where it came from. You guys also have a new head coach, right? Yeah, uh, they're, they're announcing a new, uh, uh, that hasn't, I don't think that's finally been officially announced, but there's certainly discussions where they're going through a coaching a search. Mm -hmm. You know, that same writer, Jordan Greer, said uh, Dolan's poor judgment undercuts good decisions like bringing you in and Leon Rose. Do you agree with that? Does Dolan make your job harder? No, I think Dolan is brash. He has a very strong point of view on things. But he doesn't make it any harder. Not to me, man. I, I like his very clear style. Like, he makes a point, and he is very loyal to his perspective. You know, if you have a strong argument, he listens. If you don't have a strong argument, you're going to get run over. That makes sense. What did you think of, about uh, the statement that he made? And people were criticizing 
him not putting out a statement in support of Black Lives Matter at first and the emails that were circulating that ended up going public. What were your thoughts on that and how that was handled? I think the, the sensitivity around the beginning of the sort of re-emersion of the Black Lives Movement after Floyd, companies, and I get these calls all the time, they don't know what to do. I kept on seeing all kinds of random things from all kinds of different companies. You know, Bank of America puts a billion dollars towards urban communities, and then, like, you hear that, and then it disappears, or well, you don't hear the next step. And just countless amount of news and headlines about donating to the NAACP and XYZ. And I think that with the Knicks, they fell victim to the same kind of sensitivity where people were making these statements, um, the employees wanted to hear something, they weren't ready to make fall victim to what the employees wanted to hear immediately, and it became an issue. I had that issue in my company. Like, everybody ran up on me talking about Juneteenth, and the truth of the matter is I never heard of Juneteenth before this year, and I know people who worked for me for 10 years who never observed it at all, at all, that all of a sudden got pissed off that we didn't observe it this year. And I'm like, well, we never observed it before. What are you talking about? Like, I'm sensitive to the information, but, like, let's not all of a sudden, a week before, turn our world upside down because we now have to respond publicly to the fact that we're celebrating Juneteenth when you didn't even know about it last year. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it, there was a lot going on during that time, and I, and I think it was a learning experience for everybody. I mean, when I was, you know, preparing for, to speak to you guys this morning, I was like, you know, you guys have gone through the roof. I couldn't be more proud of what each and every one of you guys have done in the last year. Um, it's obvious, Charlemagne, you've become a household name. You, you, your political journalism is absolutely relatable and uh, has made a big difference in the way these uh, these candidates have to prepare for the smoke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and what you said, the whole entanglement thing, you set that up. You pregame that. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that you guys are on top of it like that, and 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 the syndication of the show is everywhere. By the way, it's, in Miami, is billboards everywhere. It's crazy. Um, and then there's the you know, the political climate. The political climate right now is tense. And what's taking place between Black Lives Matter and the peaceful protests, and then the anarchists and how the media, both CNN and Fox, seems to be coupling them together. And by the time election comes around, I don't know if people are going to be able to, to understand the difference between Black Lives Matter and, and anarchists and people who are doing using the halo of a peaceful protest to do other shit. Some of them criminal, and some of them have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, but they got the shirt on. Right. Yeah. I, I want to talk about... about like, let, let's break some of that up. I, w- I want to talk about the media industry, right? You, you have a perspective mm-hmm. about racism in media and how black executives get stifled in, in advertising. Can we, can we talk about that? Well, the entire advertising business is supposed to be an industry that is on the front edge of changing perception, understanding consumer behavior. In fact, they're experts at it. And they use that expert positioning to go around to all the brands around the world and say that they're experts. But yet, when it comes down to understanding the perceptions of African-Americans or promoting African-Americans, they have zero understanding of any of that. There's a guy, you know, a guy named John Wren who runs Omnicom, doesn't give a shit. There's a guy who runs IPG, doesn't give a shit. These are holding companies, 
holding companies that hold all the advertising agencies and they're public vehicles and the CEOs don't care. And then they have this other job, which I'm not really fond of, the chief diversity officer. Basically, <laughs> is essentially saying, well, if we don't have one of these, we're not going to be fair. So let's put a person in there to at least make it look like we give a shit. Like, there's a black program out there. Let's bring in black people through this special program. And if you're super talented, none of you envy you don't want to get a job anywhere through a special program. You're the shit. You want to get a job because you're the shit. Not because you're light-skinned and there's a light-skinned program. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but they, that's the kind of shit that happens in advertising and media overall. I'm going to change it. Um, I feel like that's my contribution. All right, we got more with Steve Stout. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Working on DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Steve Stout. Yee. So, Steve, you had both NLE Chapa and Lil Tecca signed to United Masters, and haven't they both gone on to sign major label deals now? Yeah. How did you feel about that? By the way, we had a launch pad for a lot of these artists. I mean, you know, we, we launched NLE Chopper, as you guys were kind enough mm-hmm. to bring them on the show uh, with me, in, in which Charlemagne made it very clear he would not have been on the show without me. I reminded that man. That's a fact. It was, I was sitting there looking at him going, damn, that was that was a right hand. But then we have, and they, they went, they took money, Chopper got $8 million from Warner Brothers. This kid was 16 years old, put out a record with us in January, and in July got $8 million. I believe that the record companies overpaid because they want to make sure that anything that's <laughs> successful remains in their ecosystem. And at the same time, the kid got $8 million. God bless him. He changed his family's life. What was your conversation like to say, okay, I think you should, you know, because obviously those two artists went and got a nice big check. So if they come to you for advice or did they come to you for advice and what did you say? Tech's entire thing was his manager was like, look, this kid's going to be a global superstar and we're going to go get a record deal at some point. But everything that you're doing to support us, that, that, that was more of an upfront conversation. I don't think it was the right decision, but I respected it. The, the, the top one was a little bit more touchy because I personally invested in the kid and they went and got paid $8 million and, the record company was a bidding war, so it led to a lot of backdoor conversations, et cetera, and a bunch of lawyers trying to do sneaky because when there's $8 million, there's a lot of guys with their hands in your pocket. But I've been there before. I'm a veteran of this shit. Like, like, whatever. By the way, I enjoyed your dialogue with Snoop. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. By the way, we did too. I was in L.A. I got Jimmy told Dre, Dre, I don't think he got the first single. On the, 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 not the chronic, the deep. Doggy style. Right? No, no, he's talking about Still Dre. He's talking no, about the Still no, no, Dre no, no, record. No, no, no. Oh, Chronic 2001. Yeah, Chronic 2001. You're talking about the Still DRE, yeah. That Detox. Detox is the album we're still waiting for. So I'm there, and Jimmy tells Dre he don't think he got the first single, and the album was done. Dre thought the album was done. So Dre and I, cool, and he had like five beats. I took those five beats, and he let me bring them back to New York to help pick the first single see if I can get somebody to write it. I take the five beats, and I played it for Timbaland. Timbaland picked the, the instrumental for Still DRE, like, that shit was crazy. Then I played the same five beats for Jay. Mm-hmm. And Jay picked the Still DRE beat and said, that shit is it. And then I asked him, would he write it? And Jay was in the studio, and he wrote that song in an hour. Mm. And then when, we sent, when I sent it back to Dre, I was floored that Snoop spit 
Jay-Z's hook. I couldn't believe it. Jay couldn't believe it. We must have played the song a hundred times, Jay-Z and I, bugging out that they were doing that part. He had that line in there, he tried to be the king with the aces back. We didn't even know that they did that. We knew Dre, you could write for Dre, but nobody knew that rappers were spitting rhymes from other rappers. So when Even back then? Spitting was, yeah. With Diddy and all of those guys? Yeah, but Diddy and Dre weren't rappers. Weren't rappers, right. All right, Foxy Brown. That's a good one. Lil' Kim. Uh, those are good ones, but there was an asterisk next to them. I don't know. No one seemed to care that Jay-Z wrote Foxy's rhymes. She wrote some of her rhymes, so she wrote the I Shot You remix and Affirmative Action, and then Jay wrote the album. I guess you're right, so I mean, I, I never thought about it like that. Maybe, you know, um, there was some asterisk next to them, uh, maybe because they were women, and that's what that's, mm-hmm. everybody was like, it's cool if you write for a woman, a girl. But certainly, we didn't think Snoop was taking Jay-Z's rhymes. How about that? I, mean, I would love yeah. to hear that version. If you ever find that version, I would love to hear the version you know, of Jay bro, doing that rap. Crazy. The, 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 the two things I'm looking for, and I have them, I just can't find them, is that reference tape and Jada Kiss spitting the Benjamin. Uh, uh, no, Victory. Puff's part for Puff. Victory. For Puff verse. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, I know so, you're a versus fan. Uh, and I know that you're real cool with Trackmasters. You, you managed them at one time. They're personal friends. Uh, I know you wanted Trackmasters to get into a versus battle. Who, who would you would love to see the versus uh, Trackmasters versus in that battle? Uh, I was definitely wanted to see Trackmasters versus Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Dupree. And Jermaine that didn't want to do it. He wants to battle Puffy and all that. I, I think he just want to he just want to fight the bigger guy to make it seem like he was in in it for a bit. He's not ready for the Puff level. He knows that. I was very helpful, and Swiss acknowledged it, the idea of Rick Ross versus 2 Chainz. I think that's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, 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 crazy. Who do you think one. is going to win that one, Steve? Who's going to win that one in your head? I think Rick Ross has smashes. I think Rick Ross yes. has 40 smashes from his own joints to, like, the stuff he was doing with the, the, the Dream, the Meek Mill, the French Montana, all those collabs he was doing. Then he got his Drake collabs, his uh, Jay-Z songs. He got way too much monsters. I can't wait to see it. I seen you and Dame Dash I, and I, you and, and 50 Cent speaking. I seen that y'all cool. Y'all squashed your beef, right? Uh, 50 and I, yeah. Queens get the money. 50 and I, our beef, whatever that was, dissipated. And mm-hmm. uh, I, Dame and Dash and I, yeah. I think if you get old, man, I'm, I'm 50, man. I turned 50. Nobody, You don't see 50-year-olds fighting, man. No. So Nobody you're gonna fly to out hurt. to Wyoming? You're gonna fly out to Wyoming next? I don't think so. Not yet. Um, first of all, it seems to be a relevancy. People are going out there to sh- and then like see him, and then they get filmed on Instagram and posted that's about. A fact. Like, to me, that's not mm-hmm. what it's all. I don't like that type of shit, man. That's like, a fact. So I'm not going there. I don't want to be part of that. Like I, I'll talk to him. I'll love to support him. I've known him for so many years, and I think he needs friendship. You seen Charlemagne's interview with him? He needs friends around him. You, right. When this happens, part of it is you lost your homeboys, or you need them more than they're around. Because you need somebody who's not afraid to tell you to shut the f- up. I think we all need that in our life. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think when you saw um, Dame and Biggs and all of them together in Wyoming? It's great to see that man. It's great. I think all that stuff is good to see. No beef, people coming together. It makes what we've accomplished and what we've done really important, and you can't dismiss it, when the, the, the people who've moved the culture 
stick together and don't on it and make it seem like the beef um, is more important than what we did as a culture. Because right now, what Damon said was right. There are many rainy culture vultures out there. There are a lot of people out there robbing our culture, appropriating it, in advertising, in fashion. I'm seeing it over and over and over again. Like, and it's not even disrespectful, but hip-hop, black people, is hot right now. And you're seeing guys run around appropriating, like, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V, this guy does a podcast, takes a bunch of pictures with black rappers, and then, like, runs around acting like he's a hip-hop guy. Or you know, literally said the word, like, he can hack the culture. You can't hack our culture. You can't hack everything that we've gone through. People died for this. And, like, when I hear things like that, it bothers me. I actually told him that. You can't hack our culture. What are you talking about? You, I never you, heard him say that. Well, I can send you the clip. For sure. Yeah, I like yeah. Gary though. I, I think I think I think Gary I think Gary means well. He's well intended, but we're so hot right now. You don't even realize that when you say something like hacking culture, that you think about everything that everybody went through. You think about Big getting shot in L.A. and us even being out in L.A. at that time. You think about the, the situations that each of one of you have been in to get to where you are right now. That will help move hip hop culture forward. And then all of a sudden, people show up and go, I'm part of this too. Well, you could visit it, but you're not part of it. And don't appropriate it. All right, we got more with Steve Stout. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Steve Stout. Charlamagne? From an advertising perspective, as much as people don't agree with Kanye's political views, as much as people don't know if he's mentally healthy or not from a brand perspective corporations don't be don't seem to be afraid of yay at all yo that goes back to the going in the fridge companies shoot first ask questions later companies used to do business remember when reebok dropped rick ross you remember yes that? yeah over right. the molly line yeah yeah meanwhile they listened to all his raps wrote him a check and then somebody in the press wrote about the molly line and then they fired him but they knew that line existed. They heard yeah. lines like that all the time. That's what they do. When there's public pressure on them, then they get rid of you. But until there's public pressure, they're cool with it. So in the situation with uh, what you're seeing with Kanye right now, the Gap, Adidas, they're making money. They need it. They need it. And until something, somebody makes it a big statement about it, like because Ye did something that was offensive, so offensive that the New York Times decided to write that story, then they'll drop it. But until they, that story's written, they'll look the other way. They'll what did you think about Nick Cannon and um, Nick Cannon and Viacom? Got too big. The problem got too big. Somebody wrote about Nick Cannon's anti-Semitic statements. We can't have that guy on our station. The CEO's going to find out. Get rid of him. You can't just say some disrespectful shit and then go on the internet and then say, I apologize or... My Instagram got hacked. My Twitter got hacked. Get the hell out of here. Stop lying. Nick Cannon blew it. He had no business even talking. What the f*** was he even saying? It didn't know, make any sense. Nick Cannon is a public figure. And Nick Cannon got a lot of business with Jewish people. And for him to go and make a statement like that, while those are his partners, he was playing career suicide. And you can't apologize for that. Like, you can't just say some crazy stuff about black folks 
and the next day say I'm sorry and apologize. We're not having that. And uh, well, white people do white people do it all the time. But oh, to your boy. point, if you offend the people you're working for, God bless you. Good luck to you. <laughs> I don't think that's going to end well. Yeah. I, by the way, if Nick and back to ownership, if Nick owned Wild and Out, it'd be fine. At least financially, it would be. Morally, I don't agree with what he said, but he doesn't have Wild and Out. He's a, he's an employee, and so now he's asked out. And it's unfortunate that he uh, this late in his career screwed it up this badly because it's very very hard to recover. I wish that, um, you know, because, you know, you look at, like, Senator Cotton this week, and Senator Cotton is like, you know, slavery was a necessary evil. And as offensive Ooh. as that is to black folks, what punishment does he get? You know, what backlash does he get? Like, I don't, that's, 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 that's my only issue. No, it's wrong. But you know what it works? The, the, the racism in this country, there are people who vote for him who actually believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he definitely does appeal to his audience or the audience that got him the job in the beginning. There may be a lot of black people who agree with what Nick Cannon says. I'm not one of them, but there may be. The problem is those people don't own Viacom. Right. I got one question, more question for Steve. I saw you on Bloomberg TV and you said the pandemic will make legacy record labels a thing of the past. I feel like legacy everything is a, a, a thing of the past. And if people don't let go of what was, they'll never embrace what will be. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, well... The pandemic is certainly the reset button. And you're seeing industries, look what we're doing. We're doing this from Zoom. If this works and your audience watches this and enjoys it as much as me coming into your studio, why would you ever want to go back to the studio again? Why would you go back to the studio again? People like it. It works. And I think you've seen that in this format of talk shows. You certainly have seen that in the work in the workplace. And businesses are going. They're figuring it out. We've become resourceful. And if you are a business with big real estate holdings or you're a business that hasn't figured out how to adapt to, to the new environment and are waiting for things to go back to where they were, then you're in big trouble. I don't think things are going to go back to the way they are. were. You know, it doesn't take long for things to become the new normal. You talk about two years, three years. If you're 17, 18, 19, and you go through those years and this is your reality... Why would you not think that this is normal? Yeah. Those two, three years is how generations shift. It's how technology changes things. It's, so I do believe that things will not go back the way they were. And by the way, in, as it relates to this pandemic, I think we're still in the first quarter. We're not halfway home. I don't think so either. You guys see that? Late 2022. And that's, and that's if we get a vaccine early next year. I think 2022, 2022, early 2023. Nah. I think if, if we get a vaccine early next year... It's, people aren't going to want to get the vaccine at first. They're not going to feel comfortable getting it. But then it'll probably be some other treatments that come along. Late 2022, early 23. Whether it's tw- late 21 or it goes all the way to 22, you got people who just started working, who started working like this. And you'll mm-hmm. be doing this show for another year like this. If your fans and the people who watch the show enjoy it, you certainly enjoy it. If you could just, you probably ain't got no bottoms on right now. You might be doing this <laughs> We're just I, I, I got my I got my biker shorts. I'm about to go riding after this. I got my biker shorts on though, but yeah. Are you comfortable? And if that's yep. the way it works, then that's the way it works. Why would you want to go back to the studio again? No, I want to be back in the studio. I'm not gonna lie. I want to be. I per, I personally want to be back in the studio because what you said is very important. You said, do people like it like this? I don't know if people like the Zoom interviews as much as they like watching us in studio with a person having conversations. Right. Yeah, you know, no, I like I like that now, as well. As a result of this, 
The videos don't get as many views now videos definitely. as they used to. Yeah, video yeah. views definitely. So I mean, they do well, but not, not like, like they, they used to. to. Just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Well, guys, thank again, thank you for always having me and being here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you getting you get rid of us now? I'm like, look, the videos are not doing as good as they used to. Look, I ain't got time. I'll see you guys later. Steve, thank you for checking in, brother. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, sir. And I am super proud of everything that you're doing. We will look up one day, and you will be bigger than Howard Stern. I guarantee you that. I know that. And I, I can't wait for that day to happen because there will be another feather in the cap of the dominance and the importance of hip-hop culture. All right. Oh, thank, thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Right. We'll yeah. take whatever right. checks you throw our way, Steve. Who put this shit together? I'm the glue. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Nicki Minaj. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Nah, 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 nah. All right, well, it looks like Nicki Minaj and her now former hairstylist, Arrogant Tay, are having some issues. They've unfollowed each other on Instagram. I know y'all guys might not be able to relate to this, but our hairstylists, makeup artists, like, you have real relationships with those people because you spend a lot of time with them. So a lot of times hairstylists might, you know, really blow up off of working with a certain particular artist. You guys end up being friends. It's like a therapy session when you're getting your hair done, when you're getting your makeup done. Well, uh, let's talk about what happened between the two of them and why they unfollowed each other. Here's what Nicki Minaj had to say on her Instagram Live. For the last few months, I told my hairstylist that when the song comes out, I want to redo the look. And then he canceled on me 48 hours before the shoot. I said, well, could you overnight the wig then? And, you know, we could have someone just apply it and, you know, keep it smooth like that and he said no and so with 24 hours left i had to call somebody and thank god someone came to do it is is this really a story Nicki minaj not speaking to her hairdresser is, is this really mind your business envy mind your business this okay ain't got nothing to do with you relax all right okay and the thing is i mean it was enough of a story that she felt she had to address it right I was so and wrong. then he responded and then he responded and said, I did not cancel because she was saying that he canceled on her at the last minute. He said, I had to get my wisdom teeth pulled today, July 30th, which I made my appointment two weeks because I've been was supposed to get it pulled for months now. And I told her, I'm going to see if I can reschedule my appointment. And I couldn't because the next date they had available wasn't until the middle of August. So her team asked, could I overnight a wig? Nikki doesn't like wearing no other wigs from no other companies except for one company that barely communicates with me. So I can't make a wig. And he just goes on to explain what the problem was and how he feels like he's been loyal. Then he said, turn down so many people and so many opportunities from just being loyal and solid. Never again. And that's because Nicki Minaj ended up using another stylist, Jonathan, who also recently was going back and forth with Arrogante as well. He said, one thing I hate is having love for people who always turn their back on me. That's my biggest problem when I love people and it's genuine. I go above and beyond, but I'm tired of people playing with me on God. Now, I am Jonathan, who actually ended up doing Nikki's wig, posted Nikki and said, when the king finally slays the queen, baby, I slayed Nikki with the bun and chopstick and drop a strawberry if I murdered this look and color. So Jonathan said, stop venting and start praying. You don't need sympathy. You need strength. I show people how to run a business, how to continue to strive for greatness, not sit on your ass or act like, uh, you know, so good or, or something. The grind don't stop and it only gets better. 
You guys get it? All right. <laughs> no, I don't. But you it's know, it's a lot. It's a beef between these hairstylists. Mm-hmm. Did we just report about Nicki Minaj and her hairstylist beefing? Yep. Listen, okay. That's a thing that I'm sure women care about. I'm over here minding my business. Okay. I was paying attention. Okay. You know, these all are special relationships. <laughs> all I know is I saw Keisha Cole on Shade Room say, I can't wait for you to come over here and do this, Bob. That's when I knew it yeah. wasn't for me. Listen, it's not easy to find a great hairstylist, especially somebody who makes good wigs, do the install and all of that. So I get it, you know? Okay. And, and people have to be loyal, too. Like, everybody's looking for loyalty with who you work with. So it was just a back and forth over that. Now let's talk about marriage boot camp. Y'all ain't watching that either, but I keep telling you guys to watch it. We discussed it with Snoop because Corrupt is on there. Uh, now, Willie from Day 26 is on there with his wife, Shonda, and admitted that he cheated. Listen to this. How many women has Willie had affairs with? Twelve. Twelve? Damn, why did I say that? That's all f***ing lot and I'm sitting here I'm to deal with this? <sighs> I would like to know who all twelve of these bitches are. Maybe they can help you play the game. It's crazy because I'm oh. not a cheater, so... It's, it's crazy. You're a cheater. Twelve? You can come to better f***ing dumbass. Did she just find out on the show? Or did she yeah. know from beforehand and they were dealing with it? Well, well, Willie, must think this is fi- Willie must think this is fear factor and not goddamn marriage boot camp. <laughs> the hell is Jeez. wrong with you, young man? How dare you right do in- something like that on TV to your wife? Yeah, so they've been cheating. And if you watch the show, he says that she cheated on him as well. But I think it was more of like a revenge thing. You know, they've discussed this and they still haven't gotten over a lot of the issues. And it seems like he still hasn't stopped cheating. The two of them, though, really seem like they do want to work out their problems. It's just a lot. All right. Now, I do take back also- what I said. I take I take back mm-hmm. what I said because that might be the safest place to tell your wife that you cheated on her with twelve women is on TV for all these witnesses to see. Even though she probably still do you, she probably still that do. That might it. be the safest place. Yeah. And nothing for nothing though. If he say twelve, it's more than that. Um, but anyway, moving on. Also. <laughs> On marriage boot camp. (laughs) We've been talking about this, right? So this clip was circulating, and this was Vado seemingly trying to attack Tahiri, and we'll replay that for you right here. This is what happened. I look crazy to y'all. I look extra aggressive. You look on Yo, like, for real, my No, 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 no. Fuck it out. Like, you look on don't you, yo. Are you kidding me? This house is on fire. Just threw that apple on my face for I'm going to the county. Now, at the end of it, he gets up and grabs her, like, by her collar, but then Dr. Ish comes over and they escort him out. Well, if you watched the episode last night, you can see that before all that happened, the two of them were having a lot of friction, and she actually ended up uh, throwing apples and hitting him in the head with these apples, and it it wasn't pretty. And so he posted on his page after this post aired yesterday. He said, nobody's the victim. We both were wrong. Doing me more because I'm a man. That tried to take the better route but couldn't once it was no apology and continuous disrespect. I lost it and went out like a straight sucker. I apologize to all women once again, but ladies, please keep your hands to yourselves <sighs> as well. And then he posted a video from a thin line between love and hate with Martin Lawrence discussing how because he's a man, you know, the police don't take it seriously when a woman, when a woman attacks you. And so... Yeah, I didn't Definitely see it. Definitely should have never. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I do agree. Everybody should keep their hands to themselves. But, you know, uh, that's still not a valid excuse to choke a woman out. Like, I understand self-preservation. You can defend yourself against any human. And in the heat of the moment, yes, you can lose your cool. But jacking her up or putting hands on her because she threw apples at you, 
Like, nah, man. My, my ego not that fragile, King. Like, when, when life throws apples at you, make applesauce. Matter of fact, I don't care yeah. what kind of fruit or vegetable is thrown at you. Turn it into something you can eat. And I will say, he knows he's wrong. That was wrong. But I will also say that Tahiri shouldn't be throwing apples and hitting people in the head with them either. So they got to address both things. And it seems like a toxic relationship like that should not continue. That That's kind of flirting, though, right? What you mean? No, it's somebody not. Throwing, somebody, throwing, somebody throwing apples at you across, you know. You, like, no. Shoot him in the head no. with some apples. Shoot him in the head. <laughs> Apple hurt. Bro. Yeah, but I can't. I, yeah, but that's not that's not a valid excuse to choke a woman up. No, it's not. I'm saying they not both, but they yeah. both need. They both are wrong too. Like he's definitely wrong, but she definitely also shouldn't be doing that. I'm a fan of nobody doing anything physical to each other. No putting your hands on anyone. And as a woman, I also would never hit anybody, throw anything at anybody, or none of those things too. But what if we in the kitchen making an apple pie, and I'm tossing mm-hmm. you the apples? That's something different. No, that's, you but you're not throwing it apple, at me. But you're not beating it at my forehead. Throwing it to me and throwing it at me is two different things. All right, what if we're making candied apples, right? So I'm throwing the apples at you because I want you to... Who you want to throw your apples to, bro? Who, who you want to throw your, your peach to, huh? That's what it seems like. You, who you want to throw your peach to? You've been looking? Watching? Oh, this guy, man. <laughs> Don't turn around, man. Yo, get out of here. That is your rumor report, man. Yo, come on, yo, come on, man. I am happy you noticed. Thank you. Just you, come on you know what? Hit him in the head with your apples. It's the little things. It's the little things. Now, who you giving your donkey to? We mean little. <laughs> Uh, it's a producer named J.W. Lucas who needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. This is a teachable moment. J.W., who is that? What, what, did, what did you produce? Never heard of him until yesterday. I'll explain. Okay. All right. We'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Gary. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, ex-jungleman. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed place. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> the Breakfast Club, bitches. I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Donkey of the Day for Friday, July 31st, goes to a hip-hop music producer named J.W. Lucas. I have never heard of this individual in my life. Didn't know he existed until yesterday. Envy, you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Angelique, you ever heard of him? Nope. Okay, but he's produced for Little Uzi, Jack Harlow, The Baby, and Pop Smoke. So says The Shade Room and Genius. I feel like I am giving this man what he wants and what he seems to want is attention. Uh, I don't know how or why you wake up and go to your social media and open up your Twitter and decide to tweet out something like this. This is what J.W. Lucas tweeted out. Why is the world asking for justice for hashtag Breonna Taylor? Of course she shouldn't have lost her life. But do you realize that she was involved with multiple drug dealers who were using her house as a trap spot? If you sign up for that life, there are consequences in tweet. He actually posted that. Those words came out of his thumbs. First of all, none of that is true. (laughs) None of that is true. Let's just start there. None of that is true. We should all know the story of Breonna Taylor by now. Uh, If you don't, here's a quick recap. Shortly after midnight on March 13th, Louisville police officers executing a search warrant used a battering ram to enter the apartment of 26-year-old Breonna Taylor. Contrary to J.W. Lucas's dumbass tweet, she was not a trap queen. She was an emergency room technician. All right? She was in bed with her husband, I mean, her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Okay, when they both heard the door get banged down, it was a brief exchange 
change. And Kenneth did what I believe any human in America who owns a firearm would do if someone broke into his house, and that's let the hammer fly. All right, that's exactly what the right to bear arms is all about, okay? The Second Amendment is the right for people to possess weapons for their own defense. There is not a man, woman, or child in America who owns a gun, who knows how to fire a gun, who would not have done the same thing in that situation, okay? Kenneth fired, police fired back, several shots, and poor Breonna Taylor was murdered. Now, there was so many things wrong with this situation, but the main problem was police had been investigating two men who they believe were selling drugs out of a house that was far from Miss Taylor's home, okay? But a judge had also signed a warrant allowing the police to search Miss Taylor's residence because the police said they believed that one of the two men had used her apartment to receive packages. No drugs were found in the apartment, okay? None. The police report contained multiple errors. They listed Breonna Taylor's injuries as none, even though she had been shot eight times. And they say they had not forced, they, they, they did not force their way into the apartment, though they used the battering ram to break the door open. And police had already located the main suspect in the investigation by the time they decided to run up in Brianna's apartment. So they had who they were looking for already, okay? The moral of the story is J.W. Lucas doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And only in America will a white man find a way to defend the oppressor while making the oppressed a victim. Now, I saw on Hollywood Unlocked and the Shade Room yesterday where one of our fearless leaders, Queen Tamika Mallory, drop on the clues bonds for Tamika Mallory. Speaking to J.W. Lucas, uh, some people said Tamika was wasting her time. I don't think standing up for Breonna Taylor or any black person who has lost their life due to systemic racism is a waste of time. I thought maybe this guy, J.W. Lucas, would have come to his senses and let Tamika talk some sense into him after being corrected, but no. Let's listen. Extremely racist for a white man to try to tell black people what we are doing, where we need to go, what our issues that, are. And that is part of the gated institutional narrative. Tamika, no, I should be, I should be a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement because I'm more capable than you. Right. Yes, I am. You know what? Here's what you don't understand do. the nature Here's of reality. Do, All negative externalities must be eliminated. The people that you do business with to make a decision about whether or not what you're saying and the propaganda and the lies that you're spreading is something that they should continue to support. So what I promise you is that you will have to deal with me for the rest of your life because anybody you do business with, I'm going to show up to make sure that they know that you are a racist and that your rhetoric and the tone that you're using is extremely dangerous and that you disrespected the life of a young 26-year-old Never. woman. Never. Never. I will not accept that. That's And it shows your colors. You don't give a about decreasing problems, Tamika. You care about getting your own political game. Did you hear the white privilege oozing out of his pores? Right. First of all, people really need to watch their tone when it comes to talking to queens like Tamika Mallory. Second of all, for him to say he can lead the movement better than Tamika? <laughs> what do you even say to that? Like, what's your response? Why do you even dignify that with a response? Why does he feel comfortable talking like that and saying I'm disgusted. Like he, could, he could lead the movement better than Tamika? You know why? Because he's a white man talking to a black person, especially a black woman. So it's a level of superiority and privilege that just comes with that. All right, sexism, racism, we already know what it is. Now, keep in mind, he's a hip-hop producer. So he was also on last night talking hip-hop. Listen to what this man said about our culture. You're calling me a culture vulture. When I am telling you that I bring more to hip-hop culture than anyone in it, period. He does more for hip-hop than anyone in it? 
That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, never even, never even heard of you I never even heard of you until yesterday. Okay? The caucasity, the unmitigated, ghostly, pale gall of this human. You know, JW, feel how you want to feel. Say what you want to say. It's America. You have that right. Do your thing. But there has to be consequences and repercussions for people who talk like this. See, you can have freedom of speech, but you cannot be free of the consequences of said speech. And this is why we need our own version of, like, the Southern Poverty Law Center or the ADL, these organizations that fight against bigotry and racism. When someone does or says something that's offensive, you know, to our culture, hip-hop, blackness, we should be organized or have an organization that lets people know this ain't welcome, okay? We see it happen to people all the time, but for some Mm -hmm. reason, when it comes to hip-hop and blackness, people are just allowed to continuously disrespect us and nobody says anything all right nothing happens case in point as i've said before we can't even get the cops who kill us fired we can't even get people canceled when they kill us so of course someone like jw lucas feels comfortable disrespecting us on all levels while making money in and off our culture jay lucas today is a nice day I don't, I don't know where you're located in the world, but it's, it's summertime. I know you're in America. It's summertime, and it's nice out. So at some point today, uh, I want you to go outside barefoot if you can. Put your feet in the ground, okay? Get grounded, all right? Take a few deep ocean breaths. Make sure your inhales and exhales are long, full, and deep. After you do that, look up. Look up, look up, look up. There is a star at the center of the solar system. It's the foundation of the solar system. It's a nearly perfect sphere of hot plasma. I want you to look at it. Feel the rays from it. Let it shine on your white skin and say to yourself, son, scream it, son, and then spell it to yourself, S-U-N. Give me a S, give me a U, give me a N, and let it be a reminder to you that son means shut up, n- that's what you have to do when you feel like tweeting something stupid or getting on live and saying something stupid. Just go outside and get some sun and remind yourself to shut up, n- And yes, white folks can be N-words too. Please let Remy Ma give J.W. Lucas the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. Are you dumb? All right. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at you, brother. Who? You. This is usually where we do a petty party or something like that. You ain't want to do that today? Um, do some clown emojis, you know? If, if you know, we, don't have, we can do clown emojis, but what we need to do is go in his comments, JW Lucas 702, all right? JW Lucas 702, and put a bunch of sons in his comments, all right? And say, shut up, n***a. Okay? <laughs> and let's see, let's see if he's stupid enough to get on live later. And say, I got a bunch of people telling me to shut up in my comments. <laughs> Let, let's see what happens, guys. This is a good social experiment. Let's see how far he's willing to take this, okay? Go to his comments. His Instagram is JWLucas, J-W-L-U-C-A-S-702. Oh, he must be in Vegas. And put a bunch of suns. Just put the sun in his comments with the phrase, shut up, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. Now, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, when we mm-hmm. come back, Angela Rye will be joining us. We'll kick it with Angela Rye. Talk to her about everything that's going on. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, friend to the room, Miss Angela Rye. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you all. It's been a little while. Yeah, how you holding up before we start? How, how's the pandemic treating you? Where are you at? Um, I'm in L.A. Um, it has been really good. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself and... Mm-hmm. Um, probably most importantly, have really taken the time to hone my craft, to get better at some things, um, and to figure out some things that I need to let go, but just constantly trying to move and grow, just like y'all. Oh, that's beautiful. So you like what you see. You like what you see when you're looking in the mirror. What is that? What is I don't that? Know. What move was that? But Angela, we wanted, to, we wanted to talk to you in particular today about John Lewis yeah. and to get your thoughts on the funeral was yesterday. So we just wanted to hear from you as someone who personally knew him, worked with him, supported him. He supported you as well. Yes. Um, first, I want to tell you all that um, when I think of Congressman Lewis, I just think of someone who is truly the people's champ. He lay in state in the Alabama state capitol as the first black person to ever do that and the last person who lay in state uh, in the Alabama state capitol was George Wallace. So poetic justice there. Um, he lay in state in the United States Capitol. His wife preceded him in death, Lillian, um, who also worked with him and one of his was one of his biggest champions. Um, and he has a son, John Miles Lewis, who he leaves behind. But I think what's important for people to know is so much of the coverage that we've seen has been laser focused on John Lewis with that trench coat on and that backpack walking across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. But so often you don't hear about what happened when John Lewis crossed that bridge and the story career he had after that. He, I would argue, was not just the conscience of the Congress, but the very heartbeat and the conscience of this country. Um, his kindness wasn't a facade. You heard his staff talk about it at that funeral yesterday. Uh, he was the exact same person in his professional and personal life. Um, and so often he's known as the boy from Troy, which, of course, is the nickname that Dr. King gave him. But beyond that, he went on to serve 17 consecutive terms in Congress, but that was not before. He lost his first congressional race, went on to become a member of the Atlanta City Council. And he also uh, went on to be appointed by President Carter to serve over something called Action, which was a volunteer organization under Jimmy Carter. He had three presidents pay tribute to him at his funeral yesterday. And, of course, Barack Obama eulogized him um, and said some very important things, issued some very important challenges. In addition to um, President Obama, you have 50 members of the House of Representatives who flew flew down for the funeral, in addition to Senators Cory Booker and Kamala, Kamala Harris. That was the sixth day of services. So that tells you the powerful nature of John Lewis. If you don't know him, read about him. Watch the documentary, Good Trouble About Him, phenomenal. And in addition to that, have the foresight to publish in the New York Times yesterday an op-ed. And one of the things that really stuck out to me in the op-ed yesterday said, ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America by getting in what I call good trouble, necessary trouble. Voting and participating in the democratic process are key. The vote is the most powerful nonviolent change agent you have in a democratic society. You must use it because it is not guaranteed you can lose it. So, so often 
we talk about voter suppression, we talk about all of the many ways in which our votes um, are almost denied us. And Barack Obama yesterday in his eulogy told us that we shouldn't just be pushing for what has now been changed um, into the John Robert Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, we should be pushing for everything beyond that. Automatic registration, many of the things that people have pushed for some time, but Republicans have been pushing for symbolism over substance and have not considered that bill in more than 290 days. So it's Exp- expound that. on that, A.R. Expound on what sure. that bill is. So the bill, all it does, um, if, and you all may remember, in 2013, there was a Supreme Court decision called Shelby versus Holder. And in Shelby versus Holder, the Supreme Court decided to gut Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. That section required states to be pre-cleared if they had pattern and practice of discrimination in their voting processes. That decision gutted that, which means those states and those areas no longer had to get pre-clearance. That is the teeth and the linchpin of the voting rights bill. So now you have this empty symbolic shell. And they said in the decision, we're requiring Congress to go back and to fix this. So since 2013, Congress has not been able or has decided not to fix it. Um, When the Democrats took over last year in 2019, one of the first things they did was consider H.R. 4. H.R. 4 was um, the Voting Rights um, Advancement Act to finally give the Voting Rights Act of 1965 its power back. John Lewis, um, as it should have been, presided over the House floor that day, and, of course, that bill passed the House. They've changed the bill um, name title by unanimous consent on the House floor this past Monday. However, it still has not been taken up in the Senate, where, of course, we know that the majority leader is Republican, Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. So basically, it keeps racist white people from cheating during uh, elections. Yeah, theoretically. And I think that the challenge we all see, and we've talked about, honestly, on this show since 2016, or since the 2016 election, they found new ways to cheat. And we haven't found new ways to protect our votes because the basic ones have not yet worked. You know, with this the election that's coming up, what are your thoughts on, on Joe Biden? And, and how are you feeling about Joe Biden right now? Well, I think the good news is that we don't um, make decisions about our next steps on our feelings. Um, I think the bad news is I feel like everybody else is like, meh. So what I'm waiting for is, I shouldn't say everybody else, a lot of people. Um, What I feel like is I'm excited about who he uh, will pick as his vice presidential pick, as as his running mate. Um, I'm excited about them moving forward with a more robust agenda that meets the needs of the things that we've talked about for so long. Um, I'm excited about getting this man that is sitting there right now, Envy, that you and I have personally been trying to impeach right. since he got in. I'm ready to get him out. And I think that, you know, um, it's just like what John Lewis said in that op-ed. Our vote is not guaranteed. And you saw with Donald Trump just tweeting the other day, right, that he will do whatever it takes. He's talking about trying to delay the election, which he does not have right. the power to do. Let the record show. Your brother told you that he ain't leaving the goddamn White House. I told you that. I told you <laughs> well, he was going to not tell, did not say he was going to attempt to do something name, like this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I rebuke that and you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 t- I told you he's I told you he's crazy enough to try it. Well, he hold on. Try we, it. We, 
We got well, hold on, hold on, Rob. We we got more with Angela Rob when we come back. She's here, 800 585 1051 Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Angela Rye. Now, right before we left, Charlemagne said he told you that that man is not leaving the White House. He's going he's gonna to he attempt might, to not leave the White House. He might not want to, but we need to help him see the door. Yeah, the we'll point. escort him out. Him. Now, yes. Angela, earlier you were talking about being excited about who the vice presidential pick is going to be. So who would you be really excited about if they said, okay, Joe Biden, because he's going to announce it very soon. So who do you think it will be and who are you excited, the most excited for? I'm the most excited about what we wrote in our op-ed several months ago. Um, a group mm-hmm. of black women, including um, our good sister Amanda Seals and others, Latasha Brown, Alicia Garza, so many others, wrote about this very issue. And we said that Joe Biden needs to pick a black woman. Um, my line about this has been that if uh, if Jesus were black women, Joe Biden is Lazarus, and we say Lazarus come forth, right? Like, that is my line about this, because it's just, we resurrected a dead campaign. Um, also, I don't know why you think that's funny. I'm being so serious. That's hilarious. Um, in, in Mississippi and other states where black people have the power of the vote and exercise it, right? And so to that end, in a campaign where they were like, it's all but dead campaign staff, the staffers were packing up their bags, we resurrected it. So the least he could do, right, is ensure that the people who have the fortitude and the ability and the strategic insight to resurrect the campaign are also a key part of his administration going forward. I think that he should do that in the cabinet as well. But what we have control over uh, right in this moment, who's being vetted right in this moment, our pre- vice presidential candidates, they've listed a number, as you all know, of black women um, who could be considered. And I think that the most important thing is that he sees that all of those black women are dope. Who y'all got? Who you guys picking? You know, I'm rocking with Senator Kamala Harris. Um, he's supposed to pick tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah, the I'm first. With, I heard he's going to announce tomorrow. I don't know how true. I don't Kamala know if that's Harris, true or not. But. Yeah, I'm with Kamala Harris, too. What about you, Yee? I think there's four or five people that I would be happy about. I think Kamala Harris, though, probably has the best shot because of the familiarity that people have with her and the support that she's already had and her track record as well. So, But I like well, Val Demings. Guys, yeah, Val Demings from, uh, uh, from Florida, who was also mm-hmm. an impeachment manager, as you all know. Um, and then I know you all will be sitting down soon with um, Congress member Karen Bass, who's also the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. She, of course, is on that short list as well and is brilliant, was the first speaker of the California State Assembly. Um, the first black woman speaker of the California State Assembly. So she made history and is used to it. But there's some incredible women on the list. Uh, and, of course, Kamala Harris's advantage is that she was in the Democratic primary um, and as a former prosecutor could definitely tell this president, the current sitting president, what the, what the law is all about because apparently he missed that memo. <laughs> you got a special edition of the On One podcast dropping, what, yeah. this weekend? Yeah, it should be out Sunday, so I hope you all okay. will tune in and check it out. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, Lenard, you would make fun of me. I definitely cried, um, but it was oh, it was God. good, and I'm so grateful that I could honor him. And thank you, brother, because you gave me the idea to do something focusing on the legislative career because we hadn't seen enough about that. Wow, right. We appreciate you for checking in. Four times this week you've given me credit for something. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Times are changing. Grateful winner. <laughs> no, I'm going. When I get my wins, I'm gonna spike the football. 
Good to see you, you as well. too. All right. <laughs> well, it's you. Angela Rye. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, you got rumors on the way? Yes, and we are going to talk about Tamar Braxton. She has released her first statement since getting out of the hospital. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, as you know, our prayers are with Tamar Braxton. July 16th, she did try to end her life, and now she has written an open letter for people to know exactly what was going on. She said, first and foremost, thank you to each and every individual who has prayed for me, thought of me, sent me their love, and has showered me with their support. In this present moment, it is my only responsibility to be real with myself and to be real with the ones who truly love me and care for my healing. She said, over the past 11 years, there were promises made to protect and portray my story with the authenticity and honesty I gave. I was betrayed, taken advantage of, overworked, and underpaid. I wrote a letter over two months ago asking to be freed from what I believed was excessive and unfair. I explained in personal detail the demise I was experiencing. My cry for help went totally ignored. However, the demands persisted. It was my spirit and my soul that was tainted the most. And she goes on to say... The way that she was portrayed on television, that mattered to her. She said it was witnessing the slow death of the woman I became that discouraged my will to fight. I felt like I was no longer living. I was existing for the purpose of a corporation's gain and ratings, and that killed me. She said mental illness is real. We must normalize acknowledging it and stop associating it with shame and humiliation. The pain that I have experienced over the past 11 years has slowly ate away at my spirit and my mental. So she did say it is our prayers that have pushed her to rise above her own personal demise. And reality TV personalities have no union, no code of protection, no formal representation that protects our labor, our rights, our voices. They promise us opportunity but produce exploitation. She also talks about her new show and... Basically, she wanted to make sure that she wasn't portrayed as the angry black woman. She also didn't like the way that her boyfriend was portrayed on the show when she saw the first episode. Um, I want to send nothing but positive energy, love, and light to Tamar. And, you know, for everybody out there that says all Charlemagne does is talk about mental health, this is exactly why. You know, this is exactly why I talk about therapy all the damn time. This is why, why I always talk about investing in your mental wealth. It's a very dark time. And people are dealing with anxiety, depression, all types of things, man. And it's very, very hard to stay stable out here in these streets. And sometimes you do think about making a permanent decision based off temporary feelings. But that is exactly what those feelings are, temporary. So absolutely, nothing but positive energy, love, and light to Tamar. And anybody that's going through anything during these, um, these dark times. I lost two friends to suicide in the month of June, so... And that, you know what, too? And, and also, we also got to discuss ownership and make sure that we own our own and we can go to platforms where they don't try to exploit us to make money. Uh, obviously, she wanted to look a certain way, and the TV program was thinking about ratings. And we got to be in a position where we'd be like, no, I'm the producer. I'm the executive producer. This is a safe <laughs> platform for me. You know what I mean? That's crazy that lack of ownership can really drive you crazy. Because that's kind of yes. like, you know, that's, 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 that's like the root of systemic racism and, and, and white supremacy. You know, the fact that we don't have the control we want, that we don't have the freedom we want, that we don't have the power we want. That can drive you crazy. It can. Mm -hmm. All right, now Rihanna is doing interviews, and she knows people really, really, really want some new music. Well, here's what she told Entertainment Tonight. I'm always working on music, and when I'm ready to put it out in the way that I feel fit, 
it's gonna come out and, and you're not gonna be disappointed when it happens it's, it's gonna be worth it i'm not just gonna put it out just because people are waiting like it's taken this long i'm gonna make it worth it and you know she's doing press for her new skincare line fenty skin that people went crazy for when they had the pre-orders everything sold out like immediately online so I mean, Rihanna, it's hard because, like, she's doing so great with everything else outside of music. But, you know, we all thirsty for some Rihanna music. Now, she mm-hmm. also Rihanna did an interview where... You said what? Rihanna better than me. Let me wow. when, when, my, when my company is worth a half a billion, you can kiss my ass on music. You might not even see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now. But I'm sure she you cares about her fans me. at the same time. I'm sure she cares. I'm sure she and I'm sure she too. loves music. And I'm sure she loves music. That was her first love, so... Yeah, but All it's right, hard to get to the studio it. when you were five hundred billion. It's like, ah, should I go to the studio or go on another vacation? I ain't mad. That's when you really could do what you want, though, and be like, I don't, you know, whatever. All right, Freedom. now she also did an interview with Access Hollywood, mm-hmm. and here's what she had to say about she, how she felt like a clown in her Met Gala dress back in 2015. It was an iconic dress. There was so many memes created from it. She always looks amazing. We care so much about what Rihanna wears because it seems like she never gets it wrong. But here's what she said about how she felt. That night, the choreography of getting in the car and getting out, like we had to choreograph it. Who sits at the door? Where does the coat go? Where do I sit? I remember being so scared to get out of that car because I felt like I'm I'm doing too much. I was driving past the red carpet and I was just seeing like gowns. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm a clown. Like people are going to laugh at me. Like this is, this is like too much. That's crazy because you would never think that, right? You would think that she... Ate that. She got up there. Here I am. Everybody was talking about it. She went viral. Mm-hmm. But she would never think she was insecure about her outfit. All right. And MTV, they have announced the nominations for the 2020 Video Music Awards. Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga have nine nominations each. They have the most. And Billie Eilish and The Weeknd have six. They're second. So uh, some of the biggest categories. And by the way, this will be airing on August 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It'll be live from the Barclays in Brooklyn. Uh, video of the Year. Okay, Billie Eilish, Everything I Wanted, Eminem featuring Juice World, Godzilla, Future featuring Drake, Life is Good, Lady Gaga with Ariana Grande, Rain on Me, Taylor Swift, The Man, and The Weeknd, Blinding Lights. Also, Artist of the Year. Now, who would you give this to for Artist of the Year? The Baby, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Megan Thee Stallion, Post Malone, and The Weeknd. Who would you say is the Artist baby. of the Year? The Baby. What year? Would that be last year? And I wonder why they don't have yeah. Little Baby on there, too. But I would do The Baby. Yeah, I'm definitely going with The Baby. Drop on the clues bombs for North Carolina. North Carolina all day, God damn it. Come on, now. I, don't even, I ain't even hear nobody else you said. You Maybe did, okay. Post Malone, but I, I did. I heard Post Malone, but I ignored that on purpose. No disrespect to Post Malone, but The Baby. Yeah, The Baby. Oh, and one last thing. Little Yachty, he was upset about not getting nominated for a VMA. He felt his video for Oprah's bank account got snubbed. Here's what he said. Say what anybody got to say, bro. Would have been nominated for video of your award. VMAs is dumb whack for the shit. Don't be giving me no respect. Lil Yachty, I agree with you. And guess what? I ain't even see the video. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you didn't see it when he dressed seen, up like Oprah? Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw clips of it on Instagram. I didn't, I've never seen the video. I, I can't tell you the last time I've seen any videos. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Where do you go to watch videos nowadays? YouTube? Revolt? Yeah. Revolt, I guess. Definitely on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Only yeah. the above. V- yep. Vivo. Yeah, I, I honestly don't watch music. I haven't seen a music video in so long. I'm being honest. I have not seen one in forever. But I, Yachty, if, if you feel that passionate about it, I think you should have been nominated as well. The baby, no, no, the, baby makes, the baby does make good videos. The baby <laughs> makes good videos. 
I've seen a couple of All right, babies. you've seen his. Okay. I've seen like two. <laughs> My goodness. And you've seen Tiana Taylor's videos? Which one? Yes. Right? <laughs> Which she one? did. She's had some she amazing uh, videos. Oh, hey, drop one of Clues Bonds for Tiana Taylor, man. That's all I'm going to say. I almost said something I had no business saying. But what? Tiana ain't no joke. Tiana be making some sneaky-ass dope moves out here. I say that. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. And also, shout out to Brandy. Her album is out borderline on all platforms. It's out today. So shout out to Brandy. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. Now streaming, brought to you by Black is King. Now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Experience a new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King, Black is King, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. That is your rumor report. Revolt, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody, No, we'll see you on Monday. My bad, it's Friday. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. You know we throw it back on a Friday. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Steve Stout for joining us this morning. Salute to Steve Stout. Yes. Always informative. That conversation mm-hmm. could have went on for hours. It did. It was on for like an hour and I think a half. Now, also, Angela Rye. Shout out to Angela Rye for joining us this morning as well. AR40, and uh, make sure y'all check out Angela Rye's On One podcast that drops Sunday. Um, she's paying homage to John Lewis, uh, who's the Honorable John Lewis, who she used to work for. Um, and it's, it's really focused on his life as a legislator, you know, because a lot of people don't know a lot of the legislation that he got passed, a lot of the legislation he pushed for. So, so her podcast this weekend is dedicated to his life as a legislator. Very informative. So y'all should check that out. All right. All right. Now we got to... Now we got the positive note. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes, good morning. It's a great day. It's a Friday. And Beyonce's visual album, Black is King, has dropped on Disney+. Plus, So that is available right now. Oh, I'm going upstairs to watch that right now. I'm sure it's family-friendly. Um, my, my, all my daughters are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, the 12-year-old, the 4-year-old, and the 1-year-old. So I'm taking my black ass upstairs to watch Black is King on Disney Plus with my three beautiful black princesses right now. Where does that expression right come from? Bri- bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> I don't know. Rabbits. Bunnies. Oh. oh, is that where it comes from? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't even know why I thought about that just now. <laughs> bushy-tailed. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Bright-eyed. Let's let's Google. Bright-eyed <laughs> and bushy-tailed. Orange. Like, do I want to be bushy-tailed? Bright-eyed supposedly comes from the late 1500s, while bushy-tailed is said to have hailed from 1865 to 1870. Though no direct source is clear for either of them, they were seen together for the first time and talking about a squirrel, which did in fact have bright eyes and a bushy tail. So I guess I'm just a squirrel <laughs> trying to get a nut this morning. We believe that's that. I got three daughters. Yeah, I definitely that's believe that. Oh, yo. That's how I got three daughters. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so Black is King, as you know, is inspired by The Lion King, so that is available now. So I know everybody's on that today, right? Yep, that's a fact. I'm a Pinkett Smith Winfrey Nose Carter, okay? <laughs> I, am, I am excited to go watch Black is King. You hear me? Well, you got a positive note for the people? Oh, I do, actually. The positive note, man, um, listen, don't allow anybody to make you angry, disturb your peace of mind, or upset you. Don't give away your power. To another, you decide your mood, not them. Breakfast club, bitches. You all finished or y'all done?